Kimberly Rice, and you are tuned into the Secret Sauce Marketing Tasting Show, the groundbreaking podcast for business bosses, professional women, and anyone who is hungry to learn how to create the career, business, and life of their dreams by charting their own course. Good morning, everyone. This is Kimberly Rice, President and Chief Strategist of KLA Marketing Associates, here again for a new episode of our Secret Sauce Marketing Tastings podcast. Uh, We love to have guests on our episodic um, discussion um, to talk about different points of view um, in the fields of various professional services, how to build a prosperous business. Um, how to create the career of your dreams by charting your own course. Um, And so I could not be more thrilled um, than to have my good friend Ross Gorin um, joining us today um, from Weber Gallagher here in Philadelphia. So welcome, Ross. Thank you, Kimberly, and good morning, and thank you again for having me. Certainly. So um, how are you doing on this wonderful, cloudy Friday morning? I'm doing all right. I'm keeping in mind that it's Friday, but Friday. You know, we'll see how Friday we'll see how Friday turns out. There's just something magical about Fridays, isn't there? And there really is. You have the the you know anticipation of the weekend, but it just makes you feel refreshed. I don't know what it is. I know. I mean, you would think that it's kind of counterintuitive since we've slogged through the rest of the week that we would be, you know, maybe crumpling, uh, crawling to the finish line for a little bit of a break. But when I wake up on Friday mornings and I'm like, woohoo, it's Friday. <laughs> maybe it's the anticipation of knowing you can kind of move at your own pace over the weekend. <laughs> well, if, if we're so fortunate, uh, if we're so fortunate, but yes, I, I, I do. So, um, so when I saw that we were um, scheduled to speak this morning on a Friday, I'm like, this is going to be really special. My good friend Ross and having um, the Secret Sauce Marketing Tasting podcast and uh, talking about all things business development and our professional experiences. And so uh, let me just start off by asking you, Ross, um, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you've gotten to where you are now and your professional passion. Um, cause you have a very, very unique story. Uh, unique is, is a very good way to describe it. So currently I am a workers' compensation defense term slash, uh, what I like to call risk management consultant almost, uh, as kind of how that, that comes in play and leads to my, uh, professional point of view. But, uh, as you said, unique uh, is the kind of underlying tone of my journey because I actually started out wanting to be a doctor following in you know, my father's footsteps. I, I worked in a laboratory in high school. I went to college as a bio pre-med major, you know, worked in a lab there, had research published. But while I was in leading, going towards med school, a lot of medicine was changing and a lot of the doctors I worked with really said, you know, explore other options while before you you commit to this. So I took that time to really work in laboratories. Uh, one of them was an, an engineer, a biomedical engineering laboratory where I worked on drug delivery systems. Uh, it, it was around that time that I started to realize that it wasn't 
the medicine or the science per se that held my attention, but rather was this love for facing new challenges each day and problem solving. And that's really why I kind of fell into healthcare. It was that and because biology classes in high school were the things that held my attention. But I started to realize it was it's this love for solving problems and facing new challenges each day, Uh, you know. Yeah. So funny enough, we we, uh, in the lab, we were dealing with, um, you know, intellectual property things. And I kind of take took that opportunity to look at the law and as I went into the law, I realized this is what I want to do. I can kind of really focus on new challenges and and have solved them in the problem solving. And then while in law school, that eventually took its natural course and led me to litigation um, and eventually workers comp and the defense that really touches my passion about facing new challenges every day because I see it every day. I talk with clients every day about, you know, issues that are that they're facing and how how to solve them and at the core of it is where my passion lies and what makes my heart sing as you state um or as we've talked about before that that's it that's really what drives me is the ability to help my my clients their businesses and their employees which seemingly you know that that's where it is it's solving helping them through the the challenges and obstacles that they face on an everyday basis and and really working with them hand in hand and doing that that's that's where my love for this comes from wow you know i so um i i so appreciate um folks who have you know gifts or what we call your unique brilliance um a, a term borrowed from my uh, my business coach, Fabian Fredrickson. She calls it our unique brilliance, what we love to do and what is our passion. And we would do whether or not we actually earned money from it. Um, but the fact yeah. that we do makes it that much better. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, the science, the science and the biology um, and being in labs, I mean, that is like the furthest thing that I would ever in my lifetime want to do. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I think, it, I mean, would you agree that it's really, you know, my gifts and my, my unique brilliance is in communications and languages and, um, and really man now marketing because I've been doing it for a long, long time. But, um, do you, do you feel like, you know, part of what kind of instilled and spurred you, inspired you, I guess, was not only your father, you know, being around the medical and healthcare fields as a young fella growing up, um, that that gave you an advantage when you, you know, pursued that area of in your academic studies. So believe it or not, it wasn't so much that my, my father was a doctor. Right. In reality, it was, and this starts from my grandparents, so we're going back. It was this, this, um, you know, motto that they instilled, which is, or or the way of life, I guess you'd call it with families, which was, it was the support system that my family provided, but also, you know, to this day that my fiance provides them and that we provide for each other. It was the support that, you know, we want you to do what you love gotcha. over everything else. And that's really what provided me kind of the basis to do this. It was knowing that, you know, 
do what you find out what you love and do it. Cause that at the end of the day, and this is how I grew up is happiness. Happiness is doing what you love and waking up every day and being excited about it. And that's, that's where it lies. That's, that's what drove me. Now, obviously, yes, there was some advantage of having, you know, my father, but really I, I, I'll never forget. I, I kind of pushed myself at that, at that point. I mean, it helped, but you know, I got into the, the labs and everything because my junior year in high school, I applied at Drexel for, it was a summer internship program where you could do research in a lab. And, and I applied for that, got accepted to do that, and then developed a relationship with the head of the lab that he let me work there during the year. And I developed a, a co-op program with my high school that allowed me to continue working there throughout the year. And, you know, it went from there. It was just building the relationship and the community, you know, that's kind of where, where it all came back to. But really, it was the support system that that allowed me to take on the unique path that I took and end up where I am today. That's, that's phenomenal. I'm so happy that you have found that because some folks um, struggle to find it and then some folks don't ever find it. Um, Absolutely. And and you're right. And there's, look, there's a lot of pressure, different, different people have different pressures to, you know, either whether it's get a job or do something, you know, I was fortunate enough and very fortunate to really have a, a family, you know, a support system that just focused on making sure we were, you know, me and my brothers were doing what we loved. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's phenomenal. So share with me a little bit about, um, you know, in your position, um, you know, I, I, I have knowledge and worked with no, many, many workers' comp attorneys on both sides of the, the aisle, if you will. Um, but you have to know quite a bit of medical technology, right? I mean, the, the knowledge of the language and the jargon, I mean, you have to really understand that. That And that's kind of where my, my biology and medicine background helps. And that's kind of, you know, that's, it really gives me, an insight. So when I'm sifting through these medical records that we get or, or something of that nature, I can, I know where to look, I know where to highlight it. Um, and it really helps me understand what's going on and what the issues are. And, that, and that's, you know, that's a, that's half the battle in workers comp because it does deal with a lot. It does deal with medical quite a bit. Yeah. Um, so that it's, it's a huge advantage to me in that aspect, but also, one of the things that helps is keeping everything in perspective. That That's always the, the biggest thing because the medical records do say stuff, but at the end of the day, you got to remember that there's more to it than just what the medicine says. Right. Uh, there's a lot of different parties involved, including the employee right. and the company, and, and you really have to keep all of that in perspective. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, um, you know, it's more than just the black and white. These are people's lives. Yeah, that's exactly right. Your clients, uh, I mean, you've got people at the end of those medical records whose lives have been potentially changed adversely because of whatever alleged accidents or injuries that they may have suffered. Yeah, that you're exactly right. And, and that's, that's what needs to be kept in mind. There's two, there's multiple parties involved and it it really helps to keep that in perspective because at the end of the day, the clients do care about their employees as well. Right. Um, and that, and that goes to everything, you know, it's, 
it's more than just one case at a time. There, you know, the, there's trees in the forest, as, you, as you'll say. But sure. again, the perspective is 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 one of the biggest parts, and trying to maintain that perspective because it helps everybody. Right. It really does, and that. Absolutely. So, um, one of the reasons that I was um, drawn to you, as I um, and to to invite you to be a guest, is I saw an article that you had published in our local legal intelligencer here in the Philadelphia market of ALM. And you spoke about as a millennial, you know, your view of building a practice in today's highly competitive and stressful legal services environment. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, if you can share with us and our readers, I'm sorry, our listeners, um, you know, a couple of points that, you know, at this point in your career, um, what you bring to the, business development journey um, as you're mindful to build a book of business? So what I, and I, one of the, the biggest things to remember in trying to build a business and grow your book of business is be yourself. This, the, these are about, you know, or let me say it this way, focus on the relationships and be yourself. Those are the biggest things to to realize in, you know, building business, growing a book of business is people will work with you because they like you, they trust you, they understand you. And it's as simple as that. You got to remember to be yourself. Um, you know, the relationships or, or opportunity comes from relationships that you grow. Uh, and that's that's one of the most important things and one of the biggest takeaways, I think, um, personally. I, I really do. And, and, you know, I'm sure you have seen that throughout your time working in marketing and doing a lot of this is that people really want to see someone that's human, that's the, that, you know, portrays who they are and doesn't always make it about business. And that's another thing. Don't always make it. It doesn't always have to be about business. Networking is about building relationships. If business comes from it, then great. If not, that's okay too because you've developed another relationship and those relationships last longer than business does. Right. Well, you know, it is interesting. Um, I've done, you know, tons of coaching over all these years, decades. And um, I think lawyers in particular, and I see this um, some with, accountants, but particularly with lawyers, is they're really pretty uptight about building business. Um, and I, I had a coaching client some years ago who was a managing partner for a firm out in suburban suburban Philadelphia, um, who was getting ready to go to a, a conference, a, a trade conference networking reception. And we had our regular call and, and he said, um, you know, I really am very uncomfortable asking the question. And I'm like, okay, what's the question? Because <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, there could be a lot of things. And so I asked this fellow named Peter, and he said, um, the question that I'm not comfortable with talking, you know, asking in a networking situation is, quote, how can I get your business, unquote. And, you know, I'm thinking, wow. <laughs> um, and I'm like, Peter, I hope you're sitting down because I'm just going to make your day. I don't ever, ever want you asking that question ever in any networking situation. 
because that's not what it's about. It's not about getting someone's business. The question you should be asking is how can I help and support you? That's exactly. The you know, so exactly. It's, it's such a mindset that I think, you know, in what I've seen and experienced, and I've, I've of course been in this, this networking world for decades. And what I see is that people want it, want the, to rush the process of relationship cultivation because one of the things and you're exactly right ross is you know people who are just people you know that may be a ceo or it could be a gc or it could be the risk manager whoever but they're still people at the end of the day that have needs and challenges and families etc and they want to work with other people as you said that they know and that they like but the third one is that they trust, right? Because we That's don't want to be questioning, right. you know, somebody acting on the best in my best interest. And the, the 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 key thing is is you can't manufacture trust. It takes time to develop that rapport and that relationship, which in turn develops trust. And so, you know, so many business owners and lawyers and clients, they want to rush this process and they want to have it, you know, they want all the, the clients brought to them in a nice little box with a bow on top and they get extremely frustrated when that doesn't happen. They're like, oh, I called so-and-so or I saw so-and-so and I can't get their business. But you're, you know, sometimes they rush the process that, but if they were to instead approach it by, you know, increasing what we call the number of touches. You know, you see someone at a network event and then you, you know, you invite them to a firm event and then maybe you invite them to um, a, a social event and then you, they see something as a social media post and then they're a recipient of an e-blast and you, and then you call them up for coffee. I mean, those are the things that, that, um, expand and extend the relationship and really the fastest path to developing trust. Absolutely, you're 100% right. And that's kind of what I've, how I direct myself or, or think, of, think of it when I go to marketing events. I never go to events with the um, you know, goal or, or belief that I'm gonna get business right away. I go, and the reason I love marketing is because I like building relationships. I like meeting new people and understanding the world from their points of view and learning about that. And that's my goal when I go to these events is about, you know, who's out, you know, what relationships can I build? Because getting the work, sometimes getting the work advances your career, um, or sometimes not getting the work, I should say, advances your career because it gives you more of a bigger support system. It gives you people that you can kind of talk to and learn from over the years. You have a relationship that can help you in the future. Sometimes that's the best. Right. Uh, you know, th there's different things, and and that's what it is. It's about relationships, it, it, and it and it to me that's always what it is. This is a re it's a relationship business and a relationship world. Right. And never has it been so easy. Um, I don't know if you grew up without social media, um, or not, or I'm I'm doubt you grew up before the internet, right? 
I had the internet. We were right around the time that like, I think it was like Prodigy and it was just kind of really taken off at that point. So <laughs> you had the, the old dial up Prodigy, I remember. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I can remember a time when we didn't have the internet, um, that we had, did not have email, um, that there was not LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And so, you know, um, that was a whole different set of challenges when we weren't as connected. But I see today with all the different social media and communications channels of ways to connect, to con cultivate and you know, grow the relationships, whether they start online or in real time at a face-to-face -face event, you know, I think one of the greatest lessons is learning how to leverage all of those to build the relationships, um, you know, perhaps for, for purposes of business development. Um, but as you mentioned, rightly so, that they can be so much more, they can be so much stronger and multi-purpose and multifaceted, um, you know, whether or not they develop into business. But um, you know, it, it's just been fascinating. I think I've been on LinkedIn for 11 years and I think I just crossed over with 3000 first connection. Um, oh, wow. And I feel like I know all of these people. And one of the things that's a really great kicker for me is, is meeting people on LinkedIn and then, then, you know, you, do, you develop, develop the relationship, you may even partner on things, and then having the privilege to meet them in real time, in person. Absolutely. And that is, you know, it's, it's funny, that is one of the, the, the traps with, with social media and that is, you know, it's great. And as you said, it's great because it allows us to expand our network to lengths that we never could before. And like you said, I, I grew up at a time, I remember when pagers were a thing. Oh yeah. That was, that was the, the thing, but, but social media now, it, what it really does is it allows you to reach people in California. If I'm in, in, being in Philly, I can get people in California, people in, in, in you know, Europe and, and so-and-so I can connect with them without having to go there. But the trap to be mindful of is, don't get stuck behind the computer right? because, you know, make sure you, you get out there. It gives you access to people, but you got to have the personal touches still. Right. Um, and, and that's, that's the thing. And, and as to, to your point, one of the greatest things that you have had from this is being able to meet them face to face or have, you know, personal discussions on the phone. You know, that's the one thing is you got to go beyond that because right. it, it, it means a lot and it, and it really, fosters the building of that relationship so that you're absolutely right so i'm just curious you know for the folks in the millennial world um do you do you what do you see as far as the proclivities of relationship building digitally versus real time um, do you think that it's a generational issue? One of the, one of the observations that I hear frequently from my boomer and Gen Xer colleagues is that millennials don't know how to communicate or they don't ever talk on the phone because they're always on their phones texting. You know, it, it, it's funny. I think, I think that there is truth to that. Um, 
texting's easier. People text all the time. Mm-hmm. But, and, you know, I still can, I would actually, funny enough, I would consider myself more of a an old-time soul in that, you know, yeah, I text and I email, but I'd pr- prefer to pick up the phone. I'd prefer to go out and meet someone face-to-face. Um you know, I still work with paper, even though I can do everything online because I like the feel of paper. You know, I like having it and writing stuff down. But I, I do think there's truth to that, that there is some divide where millennials and, you know, will just do the texting and the, the emailing because it's easier. But but to me, I really do still like the relationship aspect, the talking on the phone. Um, why push back? To, you know, multiple emails when I can just pick up the phone and get an answer right away or resolve something right away. Uh, that's the truth with developing relationships, but also with work. I still feel that a phone call has a lot more effect than or or meeting in person has a lot more effect than an email or a text right. because you can really gather sincerity and tone and everything from those. And it's a real, it's a more personalized touch. Absolutely. Something that I teach all the time in communications um, CLEs that I do um, is if you think about communication as a, like a a, a pie chart as a pizza, 65% of how we communicate out of 100%, 65% is non-verbal. 25% is how we use our voice, our tone, our inflection, etc. Only 10% are our words. This is this is scientific studies. And people are, you know, blown away when I share this with them. But when you think about texting and, and emailing and any other digital type of communication, we have just eliminated 90% of how we communicate by communicating electronically. So it's very, very, very easy to miscommunicate or to be misunderstood if we do not have the benefit of nonverbal communication or how of how we use our voice. Absolutely. Uh, I can tell you from personal experience. <laughs> I, you know, it's, it's, you know, the, the misunderstandings with, and I'm referring to, you know, conversations with my parents or even my fiance at times, but no, I I mean, verbal communication is just so important still. I I don't think you could ever take that away. I, I mean, personal touches are still so important, not only socially, but professionally as well. Um, you know, I've actually done, I've, done a, uh, a few things regarding how um, not only the law, but, you know, for workers' comp and, and claims ha- insurance, but claims handling is changing with the increase in data. But, you know, everything, all of that is so helpful, but you still need those personal touches, the communication. Uh, um, you still need that. It, it's still so integral. Yes, absolutely. So let me ask you, um, if you could give your younger self one piece of professional advice, what would that be? Balance. I, I, balance and perspective. Mm. Those would be 
those are, are two extremely important things. Balance, you gotta, you have to end perspective because to succeed, and that goes twofold, from a succeeding or, or to succeed, you need to maintain balance. You gotta remember that, you know, Rome wasn't built in one day. Yeah. You know, you're, you you gotta remember that there are, and you also have to remember that there are more important things, and that goes with maintaining your relationships. It, you know, if someone doesn't get back to you right away, they have eight billion other things going on. I bet, and right. you gotta remember that. But you also have to keep keep in mind your own personal balance. That that work is important, but your health, you, you, that's even more important. You're not going to be able to be, be successful if you're not healthy. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if you go home, you got to remember you have people that are in your life. You got to maintain the balance and, and perspective. You got to keep everything in perspective and, and that goes towards balance, but also professionally, you, you got to keep things in perspective, especially with your clients. Look, there may be something that's great and you, you know, um, for or let me let me say it this way there may be a, a successful or a win, a success or a win for your client means different things it's not always getting that amazing decision sometimes it's you know settling a case or or doing something differently you got to keep perspective about what your client's needs and goals are um that that's also some advice you got to keep that perspective because it means something different to to every client uh so that those are two pieces of advice that i would give my younger self yes well it is you know as, as service practitioners we must we must understand from our clients perspective what does success look like yeah. because we can make lots of assumptions um that may not be really rooted in what their goals are Absolutely. Absolutely. That's one of the biggest things to, to all of this is get put in perspective. What, what is their, what is your client's definition of success and, and how can you help them? You're there to support them. Right. Exactly. Not vice versa. Exactly. Um, and, and that's a big thing. And at the end of the day, and like I said, it goes back to, to what drives me and what makes my heart sing, you know, we're there to help them achieve their goals to support them, your clients, you're there to support your clients, their goals. And in my cases, it's to support them, but also their employees and protect their, you know, go, go through that route. So perspective and keep, keeping, keeping that perspective is extremely, extremely important. Yes. Yes. And it's a daily reminder, likely. Yes. Yes, it certainly is. <laughs> um, so let me ask you, we're, I want to wrap us up here for this um, episode, Ross, but I would love for you to be able to share with us if um, listeners would like to reach out to you and, um, you know, and um, pick your brain or, or connect with you in any way. What's the best way for them to um, connect with you? So the, the one of the best ways, obviously, I still love, you know, they can call me they can email me and if they don't want to do that they can reach out to me on linkedin i am pretty active there professionally um but but you know they can feel free to give me a call and if you want i can share my number and they can reach me by email as well certainly if you wouldn't mind sure my i'll give the direct dial i have is 
765-4134. And then my email is r-g-o-r-e-n at wglaw.com. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I hope um, that our listeners, I'm sure, have found value with our discussion today on approaching business development from the utmost relationship building mindset, which is so critical. You know, you're hearing it from a millennial and a boomer. I'm on the very tail end of the boomer ring. <laughs> and very, 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 very tail end. And, um, but um, it never changes. It's all about people. It's all about relationships. Everybody wants to be validated and supported. At the end of the day, that's really what, what all we can give to one another is to validate and uplift one another. Um, so thank you so much, Ross, for taking time out of your very busy day to join us on another episode of Secret Sauce Marketing Tastings podcast. And I, I thank our listeners for continuing to follow us. Certainly feel free to reach out to me at Kimberly at KLAMarketing.net. Um, visit our website at KLAMarketing.com. There's tons and tons of resources free download books to help and support you as you build a prosperous business in the services sector. Um, so this concludes another episode of Secret Sauce Marketing.